We're continuing our series through the book of Psalms here. Um, Just to review last week's study real briefly, uh, we talked about fear. Last week's title was Fighting Fear, Fighting Fear. And we're all afraid of things to a certain degree. Um, You know, we're afraid, um, some of us might be, that our parents will get divorced. Some of us have fear of death. Some of us are are afraid of losing loved ones. Uh, Some of us are afraid uh, of never finding that right person in marriage. So we all have different fears. Maybe I didn't name your fear, but we all have different fears and we're all afraid of different things to certain extents. And David, he says in Psalm 55, he says, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. And David talks about wanting to desperately flee from those feelings of fear. So the question we talked about last week was, has fear ever overtaken you so much to the point where you just feel overwhelmed? You feel overwhelmed. That's how David felt. In Psalm 55, he expressed that fear. And when fear overtakes you, it often affects the mind and the heart. It affects your mind, firstly, because it it just overtakes Uh, you mentally. It drains you and exhausts you mentally. That's what fear can do. Fear can be crippling mentally. And it, it drains us mentally, and it also often makes us think illogically about things. So fear attacks our minds, but not only our minds, but fear often attacks our hearts, because fear also has the capability of draining us emotionally, and fear attacks our feelings. So David uses two weapons to combat fear, and we talked about that last week. Those two things were uh, were two words, trust and praise. Trust and praise. David says, when I am afraid, I will trust you, God, and I will praise you, God. Now, I find it interesting that he uses those two words, trust and praise, because trust engages the mind and praise engages the attitude of the heart. Because trust, it engages the mind because when we are afraid, we think illogically about things. Things don't always make sense, but trust says, listen, this situation doesn't make sense, and how I feel about this circumstance doesn't make sense, and life in general often doesn't make sense. So in order for me to combat these these feelings and these circumstances, when it all doesn't make sense, I'm just going to have to trust you, Lord. That's the only thing I can do in this moment is just just trust you because it doesn't make sense. And then David also says, and then when I'm afraid, I'm going to praise you, Lord. I'm going to praise you. And praise engages the attitude of our hearts. Because when we're in difficult situations, when we're in scary circumstances, when we're afraid of what life's throwing at us, if we make our hearts full with praise, it will begin to starve feelings of fear. Lord, I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to turn to. So I'm just going to fill my heart with praise. I'm going to give you glory, God, through this scary circumstance. Because when you fill your heart with attitudes of praise, fixing your eyes, fixing your focus on Jesus Christ, he will begin to drown those fears away. And Paul, in the book of 2 Timothy, he said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, He's not given us a spirit of fear for those of us who are in Jesus Christ, but he's given us a a spirit of a, a sound mind and of love and of stability. And so if you want stability in your life and you want to stop being afraid of different circumstances that keep creeping up in your heart, trust and praise, trust and praise. The two weapons that David uses to combat fear, we talked about that last week in Psalm 55. 
So tonight we're in Psalm 66. We're going to read the first 12 verses together, and then we'll pray, and then we'll dive into our Bible study tonight. Psalm 66, starting in verse 1. Make a joyful shout to God all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works through the greatness of your power. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Here are our key verses for tonight. Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Let's pray. God, we commit our Bible study to you now, and we, we pray in the words of this psalm, Lord, that you would refine us, that you would mature us, that you would grow us up, Lord. I pray for anyone here tonight that might have brought something in from their day. I just pray that as we read your word and as we talk about you, that that burden or that you know, feeling would just dissipate in your presence, Lord. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be here with us and you, you do the speaking, God. May it not be from my lips, but you do the speaking, Lord. You open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you would speak to us tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen, amen. We're gonna focus on three verses tonight. Three verses tonight. We just read them out of verses 10 through 12. So verses 10, 11, and 12, I'm gonna read it again for us. They say this. For you, O God, and I want you to circle a couple of words with me or highlight them in your Bibles if you have a pencil or a highlighter. For you, O God, have tested us. Circle, highlight that word, tested. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us. Circle that word, refined. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We, rent, we went through, circle this word, fire. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Or some of your translations might say, you brought us to a great place of abundance. So the title for tonight's message is Refined Through Fire. Refined Through Fire. The Christian life is all about growth. It's all about continuous maturation in the Lord. It's all about continual growth to become more like Christ and to be molded into the image of Jesus Christ. All right, the big theological word is sanctification. That's what the Christian life is about, continuous growth in the Lord to be molded and shaped into his image. Now, here's what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about self-improvement. I'm not talking about uh, the best you. I'm not talking about behavior modification. I'm talking about a life that is surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And when one is surrendered to the lordship of Jesus, 
we then have a desire to become more like Jesus Christ. And in that process of maturation, the Lord desires to refine us, to grow us closer to him by making us look more like his son Jesus. And it's important to remember that when you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, God loves you too much to allow you to stay the way that you are. All right, when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, let me say it again, God loves us too much to allow us to remain the same as we were yesterday. In all of our sin, in all of our mess, in all of our struggles, God's desire for us is to continuously make us more like his son. And this maturation process, this growth, it will be uncomfortable. I'm just going to be straight up with you. It will make you uncomfortable. It will be painful at times. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. When God grows you and strengthens you and builds you up and matures you. So what is that process of maturation called? Well, the author of Psalm 66, he calls it the refining process. The refining process. We don't know who wrote this psalm. Uh, it, it could be David, but it's not mentioned. If you notice that the intro of our last few Bible studies, it was the Psalm of David, the Psalm of David. This one goes unnamed. About a third of the Psalms, roughly about 50 of the Psalms go unnamed. They're called orphan Psalms, orphan Psalms, because they don't, they don't have an author attributed it to it. And so this is an orphan Psalm, if you will, Psalm 66. We don't know its author, but we know the theme as we read through. The theme is praising God for his awesome deeds and for his refining work in our lives. So that's what we're going to talk about in our next 20 minutes or so. The psalmist here, he recalls a time in Israel's history when they were going through different trials, when they were going through difficult circumstances. Um, he says here, for you, O God, you've tested us. You've refined us as silver is refined. He says, you brought us into the net. The NIV says, you brought us into prison. Okay, it says, you laid afflictions or some of your translations say burdens. You've laid burdens on our backs. So the psalmist is recalling a period in Israel's history when they were going through a difficult circumstance. It could be early in their history through uh, the Exodus. Remember in, in the book of Exodus when they were wandering through the wilderness. It could be later uh, in Israel's history when they were taken captive into Babylon. But whatever the circumstance is, Whatever the difficulty was, the writer says that it served to test them, to refine them, and to make them into better people. There are actually several different places in Scripture where the Bible uses this analogy of being refined like silver or gold to describe the process by which God uses circumstances in our lives to bring us into a place of growth and maturation in the Lord. The Bible is littered all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. It even uses this word, refine, refine. Um, some of you might be familiar um, because my dad's, you know, he's spilled the beans about where we're from. And, you know, I've got family roots in West Virginia, all right, in the, the coal mining area. Who, is anybody, am I the only one here? Does anybody else have West Virginia roots? All right, what's going on, cousin? What's going on, cousins? <laughs> what's going on? I hope you guys aren't dating one another now, are you? No, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I'm just playing now. Come on now. I, you know, I kid because I'm one of them. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. Um, so 
You know, we got you know, this coal mining country. My, my, I think it was my great-great-grandfather. He was a, a circuit rider preacher on horseback uh, in the hills of West Virginia. And obviously, the hills of West Virginia has coal mining country. So we're not, we're not too far from coal mining country. All right, now, whether it's coal whether it's different rocks, whether it's different minerals, there's this process of refinement, refinement. Whether it, we're talking coal or silver or gold, any rock or metal or mineral needs to be refined before it's useful. It needs to be refined before it's useful. So the psalmist, he compares our lives to the process of refinement. All right, so when you get saved, God, figuratively speaking, he mines you out of the dirt. He mines you out of the dirt. All right, you don't come to God and, and you don't come to God and you don't clean yourself up first. You don't, you know, dust off the dirt. You don't dust off your mess. You don't dust off the sin. And then you come to God as some beautiful, precious stone. No, you respond to God's gift of salvation by receiving his son, Jesus Christ. And you come to him in all of your dirt and all of your sin and all, all of your filth, all your mess. And then it's God's process of refining you to grow you, to purify you into that precious stone or precious metal. So the psalmist here, he compares our lives to being refined. And when one is refined, whether it's a rock or a metal or a mineral, all right, there's going to be a lot of washing. There's going to be a lot of cutting. There's going to be a lot of heat or all of the above. There's going to be a process that is painful and that might be difficult in order to present God with a precious stone. So when God mines you out of the ground and all of your dirt and all of your sin and all of your mess, he then refines you and he cleans you up, but it might involve some washing or some cutting or some hammering away at different things in our lives or some intense heat because that's the refining process of metal. So take like coal, for example. When one mines coal, uh, to refine coal, it goes through an intense chemical bath, basically, to refine uh, coal. Diamonds, they're submerged into acidic solvents. They're placed into intense uh, heats, intense degrees of heat, ranging from like 400 to 1,000 degree heat before it's workable. All right, like silver and gold, that refining process looks a little differently. With silver and gold, there's a, often a lot of metals that are bound to silver and gold like zinc and iron, and, or not iron, but like zinc and tin, all right? So zinc and tin, you know, often when, when silver and gold are mined from the ground, there's a lot of different metals, um, less inferior metals that are bound to that metal. So the, the refiner has to put it through intense heat. With silver, it's 1,750 degree heat. Uh, with gold, it's about 1,950 degrees of intense heat to then... Uh, blow off the dross or the impurities, the, the filth from that precious stone. So whatever metal or mineral you're talking about, to bring it to its full potential, it has to be refined through a process. Now, that's easy for metals and minerals who don't have any feeling, but for a person who looks and seeks to be spiritually refined by the Lord, we're going to feel that heat. That process of refinement is going to be painful. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt. And God often, and I want you to hear me on this, God often uses people and difficult circumstances and trials in our lives to refine us. But he doesn't like a forest fire. You know, a for, with a forest fire, it's just 
uncontrollable heat that just destroys. God, when it's talking about him refining us through his intense heat, he's not a forest fire that is just uncontrollable, seeking to destroy. He is a refiner's fire. He is seeking to put you often through difficult circumstances to bring you to a place where you are more precious. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So oftentimes, God in our lives, he will use different trials. He will use different difficult circumstances as intense fire to refine us because he wants us to grow in our faith. And Peter says he wants our faith to be genuine, not, not genuine in the sense of more sincere, but genuine in the sense of better quality. He wants to bring us to the place in our lives where our faith is strong and completely built up in him. And oftentimes, God will allow different circumstances in our lives to bring us to those places of great growth. I'm not saying that God causes all of those things in our lives, that God appoints difficulty in our lives. But what I am saying is that when natural difficulty, because of our fallen world, comes through your life, it's not so that God can punish you. It's not so that God can just discourage you, but God will use those difficult things in our lives to refine us, to bring us to places of greater faith in the Lord. And God will take us through the fire sometimes to burn away impurities. And this is what the silversmith calls the dross, the dross. The dross is basically all that garbage and all that junk that comes to the surface. You know, so when a, uh, when a, uh, a refiner is putting a metal or a, a precious gem through, ref, uh, through a fire, through intense heat, the intense heat will then uh, just bring all of that junk that was bound to that diamond, so like to, to silver and gold, the tin and the inferior metals, when it's, gone, when it's going through intense heat, all that junk and all that garbage, it rises to the surface. Sometimes God will use trials in our lives to bring all of those impurities, sometimes, some, sometimes impurities and, and sin in our lives that we didn't even know existed until we went through difficult circumstances. God will allow us to experience trials so that all the dross, all of the junk in our lives can come to the surface so that he can just blow off the dross in our lives to bring us to that place of great faith. Is there some dross in your life that you need to allow God to skim off the surface? Is it the dross of lying or the dross of gossip the dross of sexual immorality, the dross of addiction, the dross of just different junk in your life that you need to allow God to sometimes just take you through difficult circumstances so that that junk can just be exposed, so that junk can just come to the surface, so that God can just blow off the dross in your life. Is there some dross in your life that God just needs to work out of you to bring you to that greater place? That's why the psalmist says in verse 10, for you, O God, you've tested us, you've refined us as silver is refined. 
Listen, allow this season in your life as a young adult. Allow this season in your life to be a season of refinement. Allow this season in your life to be a season where you allow God to refine you. Understand that the, circun- the, the current circumstances you may, faith, may face in this season, God wants to use those circumstances to shape you and to mold you into the man or woman that God is creating you to be. Listen, I've seen a lot of us in our demographic as young adults use this important season of independency to not use it as a season of refinement, but just to use it as a season of, I'm just going to explore, I'm going to live it up, I'm going to throw a few back, I'm going to make some mistakes. Listen, there is no more important season in your life than right now to allow God to refine you. Because here's what's going to happen. If you don't use this season in your life to allow God to refine you, to work on you, and to prepare you, you're just going to take all those impurities that you've been struggling with and struggling through, you're going to take all those those impurities into your marriage. You're going to take all those impurities into your family. But if you use this season in your life right now, you leverage this season in your life right now to be used by God to refine you then as you enter different relationships, as you enter different careers, as you start to have a family, God will bless you because you've already dealt with all of the dross in your past during this season right now. Allow this season to be a season of refinement. If you don't hear anything from me tonight, hear this. Allow God to use your current season, your current circumstance, as a refining period. Allow this season to be used by God as a refining period because God wants to work out those different things in our lives that are prohibiting us from being that precious stone, that precious metal, that precious gem that God is calling you to be. And it may hurt. The refining process might hurt. God will often take you through the fire. But don't use difficulty in your life to justify why you can make foolish decisions. We do a lot of that sometimes, where we use the difficulty in our life to then just go and make foolish decisions. Use the difficulty in your life and understand that God is often allowing difficulty in your life because he loves you and because he wants to refine you and he wants to mold you and make you into the image of Jesus Christ because the refiner, after that metal has gone through periods of intense heat, that metal begins then to look a little bit shinier, look a little bit glossier, and the the refiner knows that that stone is done when he can see his own reflection. When God sees his own reflection in you, you know that you've gone through that intense heat. So don't use your difficult circumstances to justify why you can make foolish decisions. Use difficulty in your life to understand that God wants to use it to refine me and to make me clearer into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. This is what Job 23.10 says, but he knows the way that I take and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. God wants to use you in your life to shape you and mold you into his image. Allow him to do that. Allow him to do that. Let's pray. God, I know that you know, there, there, are, there are plenty of, plenty of 
people here tonight who are going through difficulty, Lord, and maybe they wouldn't even classify it as difficulty, but maybe they would just classify it as confusion or just, you know, we don't have clarity about our future. We just don't have clarity about a relationship. And, you know, it's difficult. It's hard. God, I pray right now that you would use our current circumstance, that you would use our current situation to refine us and to mold us and to shape us and to strengthen us into the man or into the woman that you were calling us to be. I pray that you would allow the impurities of our lives to come to the surface, Lord, so that you could scrape off the dross, so that we would look more like you, Lord. Lord, our desire and ambition is to be your ambassadors, to be men and women who reflect you wherever we go, Lord. And the only way that we can reflect you is when we look more like you. And the only way we can look more like you is when we allow ourselves to be refined by you. And I pray that if we're going through difficulty, if we're going through trials, Lord, I pray that you would use that in our lives to refine us into your image. Lord, go before us this week. I pray that we would lean on you, that we would trust you, Lord, that we would praise you, that we would just be filled by the power of your Holy Spirit Continue to refine us into your image, Lord, we pray. That's our prayer tonight. That's our heart. And so do that, Lord. Refine us. And even though it might be intense, even though the heat might be hot, I pray that we would never lose focus of the greater goal, which is to look more like you. Walk with us, Lord. Be with us. Be with us through our difficulty because you want to use it, Lord. So use us now. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.